And what's up, SFL Nation? And welcome back to SFL Nights with AJ Stryker. Thank you so much for joining me today or tonight, whenever you decided to push that play button or hit that radio dial. I really do appreciate it. So we had a fantastic weekend of games and weekday, Monday, of games. And I'm happy to bring you all of the, of the great things that happened this week. But first, I have my SFL chat around the water cooler telling you a little bit of uh, info about the league and naming our top performances of the week. Then I have my week seven review, Was I Right? And Ashley's picks for week eight. Then I'll have my fourth and goal interview with Mr. Dave Barr, offensive lineman and scout for the Jacksonville Kings, and Kai Ethan, defensive coordinator, GM, and strong safety for the Houston Hyenas. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, and we are back with SFL Chat Around the Water Cooler. So, now, what I'm going to do this time is to, because since we have some new listeners out there, welcome to the show, guys. Um, I want to give you some information about what the SFL is anyway. So, the Simulation Football League is the first controllerless eSport where strategy and AI, instead of thumbs, determine the outcome of the game. Teams submit game plans prior to the simulations, and the results play out live in real time with hundreds of viewers turned players, scouts, coaches, and team owners on the field to create an all new kind of virtual reality. You can catch the SFL live every July through October and every January through April over the weekends and Monday nights on 11 Sports Network, for the Fans Network, and the SFL's YouTube and Twitch channels. Follow at SimulationFL on Twitter to always get the, up, the most up-to-date broadcast dates, times, and matchups so you don't miss a moment of the action. Visit www.SimulationFL.net for more information. And don't forget to join our Discord. All right, so top performances of the week goes as follows. Sanzo Robinson for Tulsa had 29 carries, 167 yards, 5.8 yards per carry with two touchdowns. He also had six catches, 59 yards, uh, 9.8 yards per carry, I mean catch. And his longest catch, or reception I should say, is 17 yards. Gabrielle Manning had... Five carries for 174 yards, two touchdowns, and his longest carry was 80 yards. He also had four receptions, 106 yards for 28 long. Nate Heslip, also from Tulsa, had seven tackles, one tackle for loss, two interceptions, and 44 yards. Tommy Zanari, had seven tackles, one tackle for loss, one interception at 39 yards, and one touchdown for Charleston. Also for Charleston, we have a Miss Amanda Moyer having four field goals made out of four of attempted, and her longest field goal was 46 yards. Ace Finnick for the Lone Star Glory had 34 completions out of 44 attempts, 372 yards passing, four touchdowns, and his longest pass was 65 yards. Dave Axis had eight receptions, 73 yards. He goes 9.1 yards per catch, 
with three touchdowns for the Lone Star. Maxwell Flack, also kicker for Sioux Falls, went four for four, and his longest field goal was 44 yards. Eldridge Hammer had 12 tackles, two and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, and one pass deflection for Florida, while Scott Johnson had 25 carries, 209 yards, 8.3 yards per carry, three touchdowns, and his longest carry was 66 yards. Red Sawyer had four tackles and three sacks, with four tackles for loss. Jack Russell had eight tackles, three pass deflections, two interceptions for 13 yards for London. Christian Christensen for Jacksonville Kings had 63 63 completions out of 43 attempts, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no interceptions. Wow. 372 yards passing, and his longest pass was 77 yards. Tyquan Hale had four tackles with three sacks for Jacksonville. Jamal Wooding out of Atlanta had seven catches for 150 yards. He has 21 0.4 yards per catch with three touchdowns, and his longest catch was 59 yards. Aquantis Shine, also for Atlanta, had 17 tackles, two tackles for loss, and two pass deflections. On Portland, we had Dakota Johnson having 11 tackles with two interceptions and 11 yards, one forced fumble. And Ben Stone had eight tackles for three pass, for three pass deflections, one interception, and for 37 yards and one touchdown out of Fort Worth. Last but not least, for Louisiana, Mr. Luther gone. Six tackles, four sacks. So, these people have been very busy. So, congratulations to all of you for your accomplishments. And next up, I have my review for week seven, Ashley's picks for week eight, and was I right? Keep it right here. Alright, so back with week 7 review, was I right, and my picks for week 8. So, oh boy, again, I it's funny because I'm noticing a trend with, with the things that I'm doing here. Um, I went 5 and 6 again for week 7. And it, this just seems like the, the, the thing that's going to happen with me. It happened week two, five and six, week three, five and six, week five, five and six, and now week seven. Now, I almost went four and seven if it wasn't for Baltimore, but I'm explaining all, all about that and right now, actually. <laughs> so on the 29th, Queen City took on, Queen City Corsairs took on the Tulsa Desperados and Tulsa won 38 to 16. I was right about this game. Player of the game was halfback Sanzo Robinson with 29 attempts, 167 yards, two touchdowns, and 59 reception yards. And a little note, Gabriel Manning returned a touch uh, re returned touchdowns back in back-to-back -back games last week and this week. So kudos to you for that. Also on the 29th, Denver Nightwings took on the Carolina Skyhawks and Denver won 23-10. I was right about this game. Josh, quarterback Josh Miller was the player of the game with 21 completions out of 32 attempts, 241 yards, two touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 109. 
Also on the 29th, Charleston Predators took on the Chicago Wildcats and Charleston won. 19-13, very close game. Um, outside linebacker Tommy Zanari was the player of the game with one interception, one touchdown, uh, four tackles, and no tips. So, all right. Lone Star Glory took on the Sioux Falls Sparrows and Sioux Falls won 33-28. Um, as a note, Glory was one play away from erasing a 33-14 deficit. They recovered two onside kicks and I promise you I thought that that game was over. But you never can say that until you see zero Minutes, zero seconds in the fourth quarter. You just don't know what's going to happen, but they tried. <laughs> Player of the game was halfback Colin Hart. 18 attempts, 160 yards, one touchdown, and 21 reception yards. And one reception touchdown as well. On the 30th, Florida Storm took on the Las Vegas Fury, and Las Vegas won. 37-27, to 27, and I was actually wrong about this one. Player of the game was halfback Scott Johnson, going 25 attempts, 207 yards, three touchdowns, and one reception yard. As a note, Scott had less than 200 yards all the way through week six, and then he just turned on the burners and had a 270-yard game in one game. So, hey, if that, if that doesn't show you what progressions would do, I don't know what else will. Oh, also on the 30th. My team, the Arizona Scorpions, took on the London Knights in Queensway, and London won 24-16. I was definitely wrong about this game because I thought that we had that one in the bag, literally, but things just didn't happen. And to cap it all off, it was London's first victory as well. So they got one on, on us, you know. Um, player of the game was halfback Robert Merrill, seven attempts. Uh, 73 yards, two touchdowns, and 10.4 yards per carry. Also on the 30th, Jacksonville Kings took on the Atlanta Swarm, and Jacksonville won. I was wrong about this game, actually. I did choose Atlanta to win, and it was 40 to 30. And just as another little note, um, Jacksonville has won... Um... Yeah, Jacksonville Kings have won on the road twice. And normally, you know, that's very, very hard for you to get those wins on the road because, you know, you're defending against somebody's home turf. Normally they turned up, but unfortunately it wasn't happening for Atlanta. Quarterback Christian Christensen was the player of the game with 36 attempts. 43, I'm sorry, 36 completions out of 43 attempts with 372 yards, three touchdowns, and his quarterback rating is 126.0. Fantastic, man. Portland Fleet took on the Mexico City Aztecs, and Mexico won. I was wrong about this game. Um, but quarterback Matt Wilson was the player of the game with 34 completions out of 43 attempts, 326 yards, three touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 82.8. The Fort Worth Toros took on the St. Louis Gladiators and Fort Worth won 
14 to nothing. I was wrong about this game. I thought St. Louis had a chance, but they just, Fort Worth just got the better of them. Quarter, uh, I'm sorry, free safety. Ben Stone was the player of the game with one interception, one touchdown, seven tackles, and three pass deflections. On the 31st, last two games of the week, Vancouver Legion took on the Louisiana Revolution and Louisiana Run. One, 20 to six. I was wrong about this game. Player of the game was halfback Reggie Streeter with 37 attempts, 235 yards, one touchdown, and 11 reception yards. And crowd plays game of the week was Houston Hyenas taking on the Baltimore Vultures. And Baltimore won in a big way, 47 to 14. I was right about this game. Um, player of the game was halfback T-Roy Gaines. With 20 attempts, 101 yards, one touchdown, and 49 reception yards. Crowd play is also this game. Within a game that you play, you just download the app. Awesome. You, great way for you to win a share of $1,000 while you're watching the game. So I'll give you all more about that next week, though. Picks for week eight goes as follows. So on September the 5th, which is a Saturday at 3 p.m., Louisiana will be taking on the Houston Hyenas, and I'm going to be going with Louisiana on this one. Also on the 5th, St. Louis will be taking on Las Vegas Fury at Las Vegas uh, at 5 p.m., and I'm going to have to go with Las Vegas on this one. You know, I have been wrong many times, but uh, usually when it's home turf, it's kind of hard to beat. Portland is taking on Vancouver on Saturday at 8 p.m., and I'm, again, I'm going to have to go with the home team, Vancouver. Um, I think they're definitely still upset about this, this past loss. So they're going to take it out on Portland for sure. Uh, Jacksonville Kings will be taking on the Chicago Wildcats at 8 p.m. on Saturday as well. And I think I'm going to go with Jacksonville. It is a home game. Um, Chicago has had a few changes, so I'm not sure if they're going to be able to contend with that veteran team. But who, who knows? We'll see. Atlanta is taking on Arizona Scorpions in Arizona on Sunday at 1 p.m. <laughs> oh, now this is going to be interesting because we're going to be battling the current reigning champs. And I believe that we have exactly what it takes to beat them. So I'm going to say Arizona is going to win this game. On September 6th, uh, also on, on Sunday, the Long Star Glory will be taking on the Fort Worth Toros. And I am going to go with, ooh, let's see. Long Star has that great front seven. Fort Worth just put up a good fight, though. And that is a home game. So I think this is the only time I'm actually going to go against Fort Worth. Um, well, I'm going to go against the home team. And I'm going to say... Lone Star Glory is going to win this one. Um, I just think they have the, the, the edge, especially with Dave Axis over there and um, that front seven, as I spoke of before. They just very hard to beat. Um, Baltimore will be taking on the Mexico City Aztecs on Sunday at 5 p.m. And I think I'm going to go with Baltimore. They've just been on a roll, and that's going to be another um, road game for Baltimore. Um, 
yeah, these home teams though they they do some have what some of have an advantage at at some sometimes, but I really think Baltimore is going to go in and beat Mexico City. Uh, Tulsa will be taking on the Florida Storm at home at 8 p.m. and I'm going to go with Florida on this one, even though Tulsa went won a fantastic game. It's always hard when you're traveling. Um, on Sunday at 8 p.m. as well, Carolina will be taking on London at in Queensway, and Queensway is you know it's they beat us so you know. But I think I'm going to go with Carolina on this one. I think that Carolina with Sully Richardson over there as quarterback, I really think that they're going to put up the points they need to do what we didn't do. Um, On Monday, September the 7th, Sioux Falls Sparrows will be taking on the Queen City Corsairs and Queen City. Sioux Falls has been on a roll, so I'm going to have to go with Sioux Falls on this one. Um, Denver, lastly, Denver uh, it's taken on the Charleston Predators Monday night at 9 p.m. And I am going to go with the number one team in in the SFL right now, and that's going to be Denver. So we'll see if I'm right. You know, as, as I tell you every week, if I am not right, I'll be the first person to let you know, hey, you know, you proved me wrong. And apparently that was the case this whole time. So... But it's been fun. It's been real fun. So stay tuned for my fourth and goal interviews coming right up. All right, and welcome back to my fourth and goal interview. Tonight's guest is Mr. Dave Barr from the Jacksonville Kings. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is your first time here. So what I like to do for my guests, especially if it's your first time, is for you to tell us a bit about yourself, um, get everyone to know who you are, a little bit of information. So that could be your name, um, age. Uh, Let's see. We could do, I want to do something fun. I want to do some interesting facts about yourself and hometown, but I also want you to name like your favorite football team. All right, sure. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm Dave Barr. Uh, I've been a uh, high school football coach and science teacher for 30 years. And uh, my favorite team is the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. You know, out of all of the years I've, well, out of the couple years I've been doing this, I have not had someone to say that they were an Atlanta Falcons fan except for myself. So that is wonderful. Thank I you. have been a Falcons fan since the days of Tommy Nobis and okay. Steve Barkowski and William Andrews and those guys. Oh, man. So you've been, a, you've been a fan for a long time then. Yeah, since I was a little kid. You know, awesome. and my, um, you know, he, he likes them too. So the year they went to the Super Bowl, uh, we went down we came down and I have an, I have an aunt that lives just North of Atlanta. So we came down and stayed with her and, uh, we saw the Arizona game late in the regular season. And then, uh, I thought, I wonder if I could get playoff tickets. So we want to come back down again that year to watch them play, um, Seattle in the playoffs. Oh, man, I bet that was absolutely wonderful to see it live. 
you know, I have yet to actually um, have a ball. Yeah, I bet, we loved it. I bet I have yet to see a game live. Um, hopefully, with the way things are working out, I'm, I'm hoping that we all get a chance to experience that. You know, being able to have some normalcy. Soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss normal in the worst way right now. Yeah, yeah. But we got to make do what we got for now. So. And that's you know this. The whole pandemic thing is really why, how I wound up finding the SFL. Um, I, you know, like I said, I've been coaching for a long time. I coach football and track both. And uh, our track season got canceled in the spring. And, and they sent us home for school, as I think most of the nation did. And so I was on Twitter one evening just kind of reading and uh, trying to catch up with the world a little bit. And somebody had retweeted a story about uh, all the dedication that was going on with the guys in our league, Cameron Irvine and those guys. And, uh, so I searched it on the internet and found it and I'm reading about it. I'm thinking, man, this is, this is awesome. That someone's, you know, taking the time to put a, you know, an actual league together, which not a controller league. It's where, you know, you're actually doing the thought and putting the team together doing that sort of thing, but it's not how well your thumbs work that determine the outcome of the game. So I bought a subscription and had a, had a ball playing uh, for the Annapolis minor league team. And then I started telling some of my buddies about it. And they're like, you're kidding. There's not, su there's no such thing as this. Right. And they, they, they're all subscribers now. See? So, you know, that's, we, we just found it accidentally pretty much, but you have uh, this following it here. And, you know, I live in West Virginia. And uh, so there's a little pocket of us here that uh, really love what this league is about. Man, that's, that's awesome to hear because I know Cam works really hard on trying to promote the league and trying to get it out there. And he's been doing this for, I think it's been a little over 10 years or, or maybe right at 10 years or something like that. So it's awesome to see it grow from right. you know, non-user players until all the thousands of people that we have in Discord now. Right. Right. It's um, I've, you know, through through uh, Discord, I've met and talked to a lot of people and mm -hmm. I'm trying to ask really good questions and learn a lot about how the league works. And, um, you know, we, you and I, you and I spoke, I think, quite a bit before the draft and uh, and, you know, your team there in Arizona was one that uh, I would have been really happy to be, have been a part of. But I'm also really happy in Jacksonville, too. Mm -hmm. Frank Gooden's a good guy. He is. And uh, everybody, you know, like in this community, that's one of the things I really like is that no one's afraid to talk to you. Everybody gets along pretty well. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there are trade secrets that people keep up to some degree from each other, but it's pretty open, too, for people who are trying to learn like we are. Exactly, which makes it more welcoming. And you feel that you can get the help that you need in many ways. And sometimes it's not even SFL related. Sometimes, you know, you come in with a problem and then you have all these people that help you and just listen to you. And sometimes that's all you need. And that's what I think is the, the, the driving part of this community. Yeah, we can all get together and, and watch the simulation, but it's also the camaraderie and the brother and sisterhood that you have with your teammates and with other teams, you know. 
chat channels can be pretty darn funny at times. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you're right. It is. I see people talking about serious things. Um, yeah. I know, uh, it looks like friendships have formed and when someone's going through a rough time, uh, people pick each other up. That's very cool. Uh, and there's also just a lot of hilarious, uh, trash talk back and forth about sports teams. And I mean, it's just like a bunch of people, you know, who are close enough that they can, uh, be supportive of each other, but also give each other a hard time about things. And it's all very fun. It is. And it, it's all in good spirits. I think, um, you know, you have those few instances, but they it they are overshadowed by all of the good things that happen in the league too. Um, but I wanted to get a little bit into your coaching career. Well, first of all, I know that you coached for over thirty years, but have you actually played a sport? Sorry, you couldn't in and out. I'm gonna need you. Can you repeat that for me? Because you cut out for me. Yeah, uh -huh. I, I broke up there. Uh, I didn't catch quite all of your question. Were you want okay. me to talk about my coaching career? Yes, I said that you would coach for 30 years, and I was wondering if you actually play as a player. I played in high school, yeah, and um, had some opportunities to play in, in college, but it was all small college. And uh, my heart always knew that I was going to be a teacher and a coach. And I thought to myself that it would be better for me to get involved in coaching, even, you know, when I was young, uh, rather than you – know, it's not like I was going to play in the NFL. Yeah. So I decided to follow the coaching path and try to, you know, meet people and do like I'm doing now, ask the right questions and, you know, keep my mouth shut and learn. And uh, so I've, I've been very fortunate to have had some, some good opportunities growing up. And so, um, you know, 30 years of coaching and I am, uh, <clears throat> I am now uh, one of those old coaches. I'm closer to the end of my career than I am to the beginning. And, but I still love it. You know, I still love the, uh, the chess match and that sort of thing. And I know that uh, being closer to the end of my real life coaching career than I am to the beginning means I need to find some other way pretty soon to fill, to scratch the itch of uh, game planning and scouting and doing all that. And so that's why I'm interested in, in putting uh, at some points, I think it'll still be competitive enough that I'll like, you know, the challenge and, um, but I won't have to go to two a days anymore and that'll be a good thing too. I bet. <laughs> I bet. So, you expressed to me that you are interested in taking a um, in in getting an ex one of the expansion teams because the league, I believe, is going to try to expand by I think two more teams. So we'll have twenty four instead of twenty two, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. So I'm curious to know what your plan is and how you're going to get the owners to persuade. Well, persuade the owners to kind of throw the ball your way, so to speak. Well, in talking to, um, I've, I've asked a lot of people for advice uh, on how to put an expansion bid together that's successful. And I know that, uh, especially being as uh, new to the league as my group is, there's three of us that are going to work together on uh, putting a bid together. And I know that it's somewhat of a long shot. 
but uh, we're going to prepare very hard to put together the best possible application bid. And so for us, that begins with trying to network the owners, uh, make sure we get um, our names out there to people and, and to share ideas back and forth about um, what we see our team being. Uh, we met last week on a Zoom meeting um, and came up with a logo. We're going to call our team the West Virginia Wild. Okay. Um, we sat down and, yeah, yeah, it'll be good. Uh, wild and wonderful West Virginia. So we kind of played on that a little bit. Okay. So um, we went through the league and we looked at how front offices are organized and tried to uh, pattern what we have in mind uh, after some people, you know, so that it, it kind of meets uh, what teams are used to seeing from ownership groups. Uh, so we have, um, we have a guy who is going to, um, I'm going to serve officially as the owner. Okay. Um, one, of my, one of my old players from high school is going to be our general manager. And uh, he's now in the minor leagues and, and uh, plans to play this fall. And then uh, we have another guy who is going to be sort of like our VP of football operations. We thought that uh, it would probably be very smart in light of some recent events in the SFL to have someone who makes sure that we follow the code of ethics, uh, that we're on top of the salary cap and that we're kind of networking among young players and, and getting our, you know, getting our idea out there so that people are looking for us and to us as we, uh, put our bid together. Um, we, we took the time to go through and we wanted a unique color scheme, uh, so we went through and looked at what other teams have done with their color scheme. Mm -hmm. And uh, we decided we're going to go with white, silver, and black trim. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be different. Um, I love the All Rush uniform. And, uh, so, and the other guys looked at the, what that uniform looked like, too. We thought, that's really a sharp-looking uniform. So... We think we can come up with something that looks pretty good that'll make people, you know, that'll be one part of marketing our team uh, to people is, is having a sharp uniform. Um, if I'm talking too much, jump in. But uh, No, you're good. We have, okay, perfect. <laughs> we have um, spent a lot of time talking to people about how to build the team culture that, you know, you want your people to stay. Mm -hmm. And you know, at the end of the day, SFL is a – uh, a player service. People pay a fee to be a part of the league, and it needs to be enjoyable for them. Otherwise, they won't pay. They, you know, they won't keep them back. So I spent a lot of time talking to people about um, when you get people, how do you keep them on your team? And so while we have an idea of what kind of football we want to play, we also know, too, that uh, giving people the opportunity to progress their players so that they improve, and then having them being involved in the organization, both from the playing standpoint and also letting them be involved, just like I am with Jacksonville uh, in scouting right now, that we want people who want to do a little bit more than just be a player. So we've tried to ask a lot of really good questions, and we've gotten great feedback from a lot of people. And, um, you know, we're just trying to be really smart about our application bid. All right. Well, I do wish you the best of luck in that. You know, I know you're going to be going against some 
um, heavy contenders in there. So I guess my advice to you, as long as you're organized and you can show the owners and you can show um, league staff and Cameron that you're going to be there and this is not something that you're going to take lightly by any means, I, I think that you definitely have a good shot. Whether you've been in the league longer or you just got here. Because some people will be like, okay, because he's not, you know, this is his first year in the league and you have other people that have been in the league for a long time, which that is taken into account. But they also take other things into account, like how active are you? Um, how how well you communicate with them and with your 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 teammates and things like that. So, I think so far you're on a good path. Well, and I tell you, I really felt like it was important to be on your podcast because you know that's part of us mm-hmm. getting our identity out to people. I know that people are going to listen to your podcast, and this is uh, an opportunity for them to see who I am and hear my voice and uh, hear our ideas. Um, I know, too, that uh, in talking to our deputy commissioner, he said that uh, one thing that owners look for is people who have ideas that can help improve the league. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how much I want to go into that on this show, but I've got a really cool idea that I think keeps teams involved you know, through the postseason. So even the people who don't make the playoffs, I have a way to keep them involved that I think will be really fun for everybody. Okay, and uh, that's going to be part. Of my, that's going to be part of my application. Is I'll, you know I'm going to go into detail about that. Okay. What I haven't. I may even go back, like a, a look at back at a couple of years standings from previous years and show, like how that would have played out. Uh, and I think it'll be. I think it'll be a lot of fun, and and it fits in with the uh, idea that, um, again, people are paid customers of our league, and so the more involved we make them. Uh, you know, they, they feel that attachment to the league and then they're more likely to keep coming back. And that's what we really want. Right. Invested. If you're invested in something, um, it, it because we, we are technically investing money into the league, you're investing your time. So you want something to show on the back end. And I think that that is where some owners and GMs kind of fall short is how do you keep your team active and wanting to be a part of the league and wants to be um, um, active even after the games have been played, which I think it was a really good idea for them to put the SFL in, into place because we used to go long spans of time without any football, you know? And so some people lose interest, find other things to do. Some people are very patient, you know? Um, but yeah, any ideas that you can bring into fruition that, you know, after, of course, after you put it on your application and everything, that you can just share with us that maybe that'll work all around, you know, that'd be awesome. So tell me, what is your coaching philosophy? Right. Well, uh, I have always tried to, in, you know, in 30 years, what I've learned is that uh, it's, it's more important to uh, build a program around the talent you have than it is to try to pigeonhole people into a scheme. And so, you know, over the course of my career, we have been everything from um, spread offense, no huddle, you know, going very fast, to uh, my last year as a head coach here in West Virginia, I spent two years researching the old single wing offense. And uh, 
one of the advantages of that was nobody had seen it. You know, it's, it was very popular in football back in the 1950s, and then it kind of went away. Mm-hmm. And I was at a clinic and uh, met a, a guy named Darwin who coaches in Florida, and he runs that offense. And so I was fascinated by it. You know, something my dad played in that, in that offense in high school, and so I always heard stories about that offense growing up but nobody does it anymore. And so I thought there's an advantage for us in doing something that's really different. And so um, that's really who I am is that we will um, cater the scheme to the abilities of the player. And really that goes on offense and defense. Now, you know, that being said, uh, we have some ideas of things, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pay very close attention to how Frank does things there in Jacksonville. I think he does a good job. You know, I think he does a really good job of, of fitting people in and game planning and keeping everybody involved. And so uh, he probably gets tired of me asking uh, questions sometimes because I try to wear him out. You know, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. But uh, I think that we'll do the same thing, you know, with our team there in West Virginia. And, uh, you know, we'll try to uh, be inviting the people to come play for us. But then also we'll look at, you know, what who they are and, and what they hope to be as a player and try to make it so it fits it fits them very well. Okay, awesome. So give me some insight on the Jacksonville's locker room. What are they like? They're, <laughs> they are a colorful guy. Cookies have really well. And what you, what you hear is very much and do in terms when we have some we have some characters true in every other locker room we live and die with what takes place during that game uh we get mad at the ai you know when it uh, does stuff that we don't think it ought to be doing <laughs> uh so and and then on top of that just exactly what you said is true um a couple of my teammates have been through tough times with family uh, my wife just uh, actually, I just brought her home today. She had emergency surgery. And so one of the cool things is that uh, we pray back and forth for each other. Uh, we share what's going on in our lives. And then we also uh, just give each other a hard time and make jokes and talk about fun stuff. And uh, we had a whole, a whole conversation one day about the, this dirty, nasty Michigan Wolverines. And uh, that was really funny too. And uh, so that's you know, probably not a whole lot different than what you guys have there in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and it's just fun. Wonderful. And, you know, what I like to do is give my listeners some feedback. So when they do join the league, um, they will kind of know what they're going to be getting into and kind of what to expect and things like that. So I'm glad that you were able to share, you know, a little bit of that with us. And my last question to you is, where do you see yourself in the league within, I would say, three years? Three years. I, I hope uh, by then to have an expansion team. Uh, I'll definitely still play him. Um, Frank has been great to me in terms of, uh, you know, he's offered to, as I, you know, as I earn my keep, so to speak, um, to move me up in the ranks and, so I'm I'm uh, I'm going to be an assistant coach in the minors this fall. Okay. Uh, again, I felt like that was something that's going to help me learn 
And then, you know, I hope to progress up through the ranks in coaching uh, with the pro level too. Um, you know, but really for me, uh, it's a continuation of my football life, I guess, you know, you might say. Um, and I hope people see that as they listen to this interview and, and as they look at my experience a bit. I mean, I'm, I'm a long student of the game. And for me, this is just one more chapter in that. Awesome. Well, Dave, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. And it's, it's, it's wonderful to get to know you, man. And I think that you're definitely going to be an asset to the league. If you don't get the expansion team that you're looking for this season, this time around, please don't ever give up because I think that you have what it takes. To Thank you for saying that. Uh, and I know, you know, as we even talked about that in our uh, Zoom meeting last week that we all understand uh, that it's, a, it's probably a little bit of a long shot for us, but we are going to make it as difficult a decision as possible for the league to turn us down. Um, and I, and I think that, uh, one of the, one of the really cool stories too, can I, can I keep going just for a moment? Yes. Okay. One of the really cool things is that, uh, two of the, two of the guys that are, that are going to be involved with my expansion bid are two of my old players. And then one of the what other guys names? that, what's that? What are their names? Uh, Rand, uh, Randy Pierce is their dad. He's playing. Okay. And then Colin and Nolan Pierce are also playing. So I've actually got a father and two sons nice. that, you know, they're, they're very close friends of mine. We've known each other for years. And um, so they're, you know, involved with different teams uh, now. And, you know, we all understand that the more we can gather from the teams that we're involved in, the better our organization will be. And then ultimately our bid will be. So, you know, Randy did the PA at our games. You know, I think maybe he would be a good choice to do some broadcasting at some point. Uh, Colin is now a uh, physical therapist, but he, um, he's very personable. And he's, he's got enough of an uh, OCD personality that the GM stuff, I think, will be really natural for him. Um, and so we're just, you know, meeting on a regular basis, talking things through, sharing what we learn. Uh, Colin and I have started uh, running simulations together, uh, working through playbooks and looking at uh, how you put teams together. And we've, we've simulated a bunch of seasons trying to find that formula that works well. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's become from people that uh, have background, family thing. Awesome. Well, like I said, you seem more prepared than some people, you know, especially their first time coming into <laughs> this. So, yeah, I think that you're going to do well. And with that, thank, yeah, you. thank you so much for being on the show. But before you go, I always let my, my guests have the last word. So that could be either a song, that could be a poem, or that can be just a simple shout out to whomever you like. Right now, the floor is yours. Well, the last thing you want me doing is singing a song or, or trying to recite poetry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do want to give a shout out to all my buddies uh, in Jacksonville 
and uh, and with the Memphis River Runners, where you know I'm, I'm going to be part of that uh, team in the fall, and so uh, just hello uh, uh, all those guys, the new old guy in the and to a lot of you. All right, then. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm looking forward to actually having you back on the show probably towards the end of the season. Um, maybe in the off season, kind of, you know, pick your brain as to what you're going to be doing um, for Memphis and how everything is going to play out for you and even your thoughts from week seven on. Because it's a lot. It's a lot of ball left to play. Yeah. <laughs> sure is. Sure is. I'm happy to come back. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and I'll see you soon. All right. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. All right. I'm back with my fourth and goal interview, second part. And I have with me Mr. Kai Ethan, GM, defensive coordinator, and strong safety for the Houston Hyenas. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Good, good. Glad to have you, man. So, man, you have a lot of different roles. But before we get into all of that, let's give the, the, the listeners a little bit of information about who Kai is. So, if you want to, you can give us your real name. If not, we can keep it the way it is. But your age, hometown, some interesting facts about yourself, and your favorite NFL team. Well, I'm going to just go with Ethan Kai because – I don't like giving out my real name. Gotcha. <laughs> but if anybody really wants to know, there's just too many of them, so I tend to stick with Ethan. It's Tom. Okay. Um, I live in Yelm, Washington. Okay. And, well, if I live in Washington, you know I'm a Seahawks fan. Uh, you know, you could sometimes – you can be fooled because I've had Bengals fans that live in New York and all this kind of stuff. So you never know, you know, so I had to kind of, kind of ask, but the Seahawks is a great team though. Carol, oh, they are. They're, they're better than those 49ers. Oh, oh, see, I don't think I've had any 49ers fans on here, but whoever's going to hear. Oh no. <laughs> Not unless you get Hugo. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I got to make sure I get Hugo on and speak counter that. <laughs> So give me an interesting fact about yourself. Um, I'm a CNC machinist. I used to do live action role play as a hobby. I'm really good at sewing and I try to learn new things all the time. That is fantastic. So who taught you how to sew? Your mom, your grandma? Myself. You're so, oh, that's even better. I actually sew better than my mother. Oh, man, that's nice. So no wonder you always come with those fresh uniforms. So when we <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see you, you have a new design on those, and you always do a pretty good job. Well, I, I, I used to be big into drawing and artistry and stuff, and then it's like I can do it there. I don't hand draw anymore because I've gotten so many negative remarks about my art. Hmm. 
Yeah, well, I wouldn't let that stop you. I mean, I get negativity all the time even about the podcast, about and any artist is going to have some negativity. But if it's something that you love to do, then don't let that negativity stop you, you know. I wouldn't. I just do it in different ways now, like uniforms or whatever. Yeah. There's art everywhere. Awesome. Tell me, how did you find the league? Uh, my good friend, Ryan Michaels. Okay. So he he's just like, he was like, You gotta check this out. I'm like, nah, nah. He's like, Come on, man. I'm like, all right. He's like, season's about to start. I'm like, I'm in, okay. I'll 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 join. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mr. Michaels, for bringing your boy in because he's been making a splash. Speaking of which, you've been in the league uh since season eleven. And we're now in season 15. And I'm just looking over your stats, your career totals. And you got 275 tackles, 101 assists. Um, and you got 26 interceptions. Man, those 26 interceptions for your career is pretty good. How, how did you build your, your, your strong safety to be so effective? Uh, focused on my primary and secondary attributes and really didn't care too much for the animations. I mean, for me, the animations I like to take is like leadership, so it helps out the entire team. Mm -hmm. And then closing speed so I can get to the running back faster. Okay. Okay, that's good. Because, you know, when, when you are a rookie and you, you're trying to do your progression and you see all these – high value and low value animations and you just want to add them and things like that. I've always said that it's good to try to, to concentrate on your primary and secondary attributes first so that when they're all maxed out, then you start adding those high value animations. Then you bet, you know. Oh yeah. I mean I'm prime example of somebody that we've been working with on their attributes is Brody Goltz. Mm. That man is a beast. Yeah. Came in and played with a broken hand last on Monday. Still didn't stop him. I understand. That's dedication. So tell me, how do you feel about being GM of Houston? Oh, I love it. I love working with DeMond. He's very uh, commutative. We, we talk a lot, whether it be through Messenger or not Messenger, but uh, Discord or on, actually on the phone. Yeah, that communication is very important, um, just so you know. And then you're the defensive coordinator, too. So, right. <laughs> yes. Ooh, how do you manage all of that, really? Uh, well, not just – it's – you do your GM duties helping out with progression. Mm -hmm. You know how it is. You do GM, too. I sure do. And then defense, you – pretty much have to break down the playbook and see what plays the offense is running and try to counter it. And the hardest part, I think, is anticipating what kind of changes they'll make. I would have to agree with that because people change so often. And if you don't, then people will read you like a book and then they will know, it seems like they, they would know your, your next move. Like if you use your running back too much, 
then they already know, okay, well, they must not have a really good passing game. So all we have to do is just stop the run and they won't, you know, be effective. Well, I also think sometimes teams will go heavier run and then they'll set up a, the team that they're about to play to expect the heavy run and then they'll go pass. Mm. Okay. So that's another part of that chess game you got to play there too. Now, I was told um, by a good friend of mine that if you are an offensive coordinator, you basically have to be great at at least five different things. You know, is that the same for defense? Um, I would say close to it, probably three, four different things. Basically, you have to be good at scouting, figure out the anticipation, and that's usually through watching a lot of their films and seeing if there's any pattern or whatnot, and then figuring out what defensive plays go well against certain offensive plays. Okay. Gotcha. And is it a situation to where you guys just have all these different plays written down somewhere and then you go and you pull them and you put them on the spreadsheet or like, how does that actually work? If you don't mind. Um, oh, when transferring information, I usually will send them on a message telling them, Hey, give this a try in your sim and see how it works out. And if it works out for him, then I'm, he'll add it. But it's like, it's just more of picking what will work well with what we're facing. Okay, gotcha. Now, so, oh, go ahead. Two, go set ahead. Of, two set of eyes, you know, check, double check, make sure it's good. Which is a smart move, you know. That way, if something is wrong, then one of you will catch it and be able to correct it before that Friday deadline. Yeah. <laughs> But the big thing that's going on, the big news around the league is that we have expansion coming up. And I'm excited to announce again that you are going out for an expansion team, and I'm happy for you. Ah, thanks. So tell me, tell me a little bit about what your plans are for your expansion team, like the name. Um, I'm sure you're going to have some fantastic uniforms because, you know, that's what you do. Well, um, my team name is the Honolulu Eclipse, same team that I put in last season. Okay. Uh, I'm definitely always trying to refine my uniforms. Mm -hmm. But uh, this season, I think I'm going to work towards a little more exposure out because I don't think I sold myself pretty well last time. Okay. And that's fair. I mean, you know what you what you can do and what you know. Please tell me why do you think that the, the owners should consider you? Um, pretty easy to work with. I'm eager to learn. I'm always trying to keep a positive attitude, and uh, just I'm always excited to get out there and play and try to win. Awesome. Now, will you have a team? Like, are you going to have um, offensive and defensive coordinators to help you? Or are you going to be the owner and coach? How, what are your plans? Well, my plan is I would love to have an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, and a GM, and me be the actual owner 
and help them learn the processes so that they can eventually move on to their own teams. Okay, nice. You have anybody in mind? Well, I don't know. I got, I got a few, but okay. all depends on the process. Got it. Got it. Now we have some, you have um, a few members that's going to be, you know, in the running for those two teams. So what do you think will give you the edge over everybody else? Um, experience, I guess. I mean, yeah. I don't have a winning record with it. I have to say, but each season that I've been, I've gotten better and better and better. I agree. I agree. And the thing is, you're already taking on so many roles right now. So with... Well, I do, I do GM. Right. I do defensive coordinating for Houston. I'm part of the power rankings. Mm -hmm. I'm defensive coordinator for the Albuquerque Adams. Which is our SFLM teams, for people that don't know. And... If anybody has questions, I'm always willing to answer them. Well, I do know that that is some of the things that owners will take into consideration, like how active you are in the community, um, how well you know the game, you know, how, um, how respected you are, things like that, how respectful you are. And I think that you got a good shot as well. I had Dave on not too long ago, and he's brand new to the league. You know, well, as he is basically a rookie, so I also told him that, you know, they do look for experience. However, because he's new, they're not going to necessarily dis discard that, you know. So we're discouraging him from, from, you know, putting in his Oh, bed. no, he shouldn't feel discouraged. I mean, mm -hmm. rookie Jacob Levesque got a, the Portland fleet. And the exactly. Exactly. So what is your coaching philosophy? Do your best. Hope for the best and expect the worst. Okay. I like it. One more question, though. How, where do you see yourself in five years, in life and in the SFL? In life, I plan to be a homeowner. Okay. Even if I have to build that home myself. Okay. Um, and probably a better career. I'm pro I'm looking to try to get back into college. Nice. What do you What do you want to major in? I want to make cell phone apps. <laughs> nice. Hey, everybody has one. Everybody has one. So that if you're gonna do anything, that would be perfect. I mean, it, it's a market that's always going to be around. Definitely. Definitely. And so what about SFL? I would love to own a team and work my way to a championship. All right. But uh, baby steps. Okay. Baby steps first. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, all of, all of that will come, especially with the hard work and everything that you do. Um, nothing goes unrewarded, I think. So right now you're, you're grinding it out, but you're going to get eventually get to where you want to be.
And and I know that for a fact, because I know you, you know, personally and we've talked and things like that. So you're a very hard worker. And oh yeah. I, I haven't posted a lot of my expansion team stuff because I chose to dedicate more of myself to the team this season than I did last season. So I put the hyenas first before my bid. Do you ask, um, do you ever talk to the man about ownership and like get his opinion about it and? Oh yes. It was... I've asked him questions and stuff. Okay. I've asked, I've asked a few other owners and what their experiences are like. And that's good. It's good to get other thoughts and other opinions and, you know, kind of look at the mistakes that they made and make sure you don't make those same mistakes and all that good stuff. So I applaud you for that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you, you've got some little ones to take care of, but I want to thank you so much for your time being on the show. But before I let you go, I have to give you the last word. So that could be a song, that could be a poem, or that can be just a simple shout out. Right now, the floor is yours. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to the Damon Simeon and the Houston Hyenas. Let's keep trucking. All right, sounds good to me. Thanks for stopping by, Ethan. Thank you. Anytime. With the pleasure. Anytime. Hey, come back whenever you want to. Please don't be a stranger. I think the last time you were on was almost a year ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> About that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it. I want to thank all of you for actually tuning in. I'm so happy to be doing these podcasts for your enjoyment and for mine. I really do get a kick out of doing all of this. Special thanks goes out to Mr. David Barr and Kai Ethan for being on the show. And if you want to be on, please feel free to let me know. I'll be happy to have you on. Just shoot me a DM or contact me however you can and we can make it happen. I'm looking forward to bringing you another great podcast next week. But until then, y'all, be safe, treat each other well. Striker.